and welcome along to the Property Academy podcast by Opus Partners. I'm your host, Tim McKnight. And I'm Andrew Nichol. And today on the show, we're talking about I can't afford a house anymore. The Reserve Bank's brought in new rules. Now, there are some very important new rules that have come out from the Reserve Bank that you need to know about if you want to invest in property or purchase any property in New Zealand. Now, they're not quite in place just yet, but that doesn't mean you can skip ahead. You need to know about these. So what's happened? Well, the Reserve Bank over the last couple of years has been consulting on whether they want to introduce debt-to-income ratios. Now, this is going to be a new rule, a bit like the LVRs, that are trying to constrain lending, not let the banks lend as much to different types of people. And that, in the Reserve Bank's mind, is hopefully going to slow down house price growth. Now, the effect is that it is going to stop you from borrowing perhaps as much money as you could, especially if you're investing in existing properties. Now, as I said, they are not in place yet, but they have set up the framework. They now have the legal ability to bring them in, which they didn't have before. And this has only come out in the last week or two. So this is our warning to you that within the next 12 months, it likely will get harder for you to borrow money. And that might change how you start investing now. Now, Andrew, they're not here yet, but when might they be brought in? So I think the expectation is that we might see these from about March 2024. So about a year from now. And that's because it's going to take a little bit of time for this to go from the Reserve Bank to actually workable in the bank system. So they have to change their systems, their approval systems, their lending systems, so that they can actually accommodate and calculate based on the new criteria. And just because the banks put this in place doesn't also mean that the Reserve Bank is going to enforce this. This is going to be a tool that they have in their toolbox, as they like to say, but they might not necessarily use it straight away because at the moment house prices are falling, but at some point prices will go up again. And when they do go up again, this is something that the Reserve Bank is going to want to use or have the ability to use so that they can slow people's lending ability down. And they released this about early April. And when they did that, there was about 180-odd pages of documents that got released along with that. I've spent my weekend reading those, and so we can take you through it. But one thing for you guys on YouTube, you can see this. For you guys listening to the podcast, I'll read it out to you. On the final page, page 16 of the regulatory impact statement, they said, although we haven't made a final decision on whether to implement debt-to-income ratio restrictions, we consider it likely we will use this tool in future. So although it's not going to come in straight away, what they've done is they've done all of the legal legwork so that they can implement it. So as soon as we start to see house prices increasing again, you should expect to see debt-to-income ratios being brought in. One of the reasons we wanted to talk about it on this show, of course, is the fact that most of the media haven't picked up that this is now a tool in play. And I think this is going to be something that a lot of property investors miss. Now, let's just talk about how debt-to-income ratios work, though. Let's say that you've got a mortgage of $700,000 and the Reserve Bank introduces a debt-to-income ratio of seven. That means that you will need at least $100,000 pre-tax income in order to be able to borrow that 700 k Now, although the Reserve Bank has said, hey, it might be around seven in the past, they haven't actually announced what a debt-to-income ratio is going to be, whether it's going to be five times income, six times income, maybe seven times income. They haven't let us know yet because what they're saying is, well, it's going to take us a year or it's going to take the banks a year for them to 
invest in the technology, change their computer systems so that they can implement this new regulation will decide what it's going to be at that specific time. But let's say it's a seven times DTI. If you want to borrow 700K, then you're going to need 100K of income. If it was a five times debt to income ratio, to borrow that same $700,000, you would need an income, a household income of 140K. So depending on what the debt-to-income ratio is, it's going to have a large impact on your ability to borrow. I think likely, though, probably around 6 or 7 is what we'd expect to see come in. But Andrew, who are the debt-to-income ratios most likely going to impact? So according to the Reserve Bank, the people that will mostly be affected by this are property investors and owner-occupiers who have good incomes but take out really large mortgages. So people that maybe are on that higher income bracket wanting to take out a big mortgage, they're going to be more affected and investors. Your first home buyers, it's going to affect them far less than those other groups. So let's take a look at the data, Andrew, and specifically at this dark red line, which shows people who are borrowing at seven times debt to income or more. And you can see at the peak of the market, we had about 40% of property investors borrowing with more than seven times debt to income. Now, what that really means is that if the Reserve Bank comes in with a seven times DTI limit, then at the peak of the market where property investors were most active, it would have potentially wiped out 40% of property investor activity. Wow. Whereas at the peak, first home buyers only got up to around 10% and other owner occupiers got up to about 20%. Now, again, at the moment, they would not bring in a debt-to-income ratio today because only about 10% of property investors, one in 10 property investors, are borrowing at above a seven times debt-to-income ratio. But if we start to see investors coming back into the market and taking out those large levels of debt as interest rates eventually come down, that's where we could see a debt-to-income ratio come in, specifically targeted at property investors and other owner-occupiers as well. Now, let me ask you, though, how will it impact different people around the country? So I think the biggest thing to consider is where you're going to be located or where you're going to be buying. So people who are buying in some of the more expensive regions like Auckland, Tauranga, Wellington, those places where the debt-to-income ratios tend to be higher, they're going to be mostly affected compared that to, say, somewhere like Christchurch, Invercargill. You know, the incomes might be less, but the DTI in that area might tend to be a little bit better. Yeah, you'd expect the house price to income ratio to be quite a bit lower in those areas. One of the other things a lot of people are going to be thinking is, how the hell am I going to keep investing if we've got LVR restrictions, if we've got triple CFA, if we've now got debt to income ratios, and we've got the banks stress testing our mortgages really tightly? How the hell are we going to keep investing? So I've got three options for you. Number one is get a really high gross yielding property. So if I show on our screen here for any of you watching, or I'll describe it for you for anyone listening, if you've got a mortgage of 700000 again, and we have a DTI of 7, then that means you need to have a gross yield of 14%. Now just remember, that's 14% on your debt, not necessarily on the purchase price. So if you've owned a property for a number of years, that maybe makes that yield more realistic. Just to explain as well, this is if you want that property 
to completely self-service. So if the bank's not looking at your own personal income to see, can you afford this specific property? And again, if you got close to that, you had say a gross yield of 10%, then you're only making up 4%. So it's probably more manageable for you to keep on growing a portfolio. On the flip side, if we look at a mortgage of 700,000 with a five times DTI, well, that requires a 20% gross yield. So you really will have had to have cash flow hacked or own that property for a significantly long period of time for that to be realistic, in my opinion. Yeah, I think it's really going to impact renovations-focused investors here. But what are some of the other options? Number two is using a non-bank lender, which we talk about on the show a lot. So regulation only applies to the registered banks, and there are 18 of them in New Zealand. So anyone with a bank in their name, so SBS, ANZ, TSB, any of those are going to be regulated by these rules, same as the LVR requirements. Non-bank lenders such as ResiMac, Avanti, Liberty, it's likely they won't have the same rules. And third is new builds. So in the document, it specifically outlines that new builds will be exempt from the debt-to-income ratios, again, because the government, whilst they're wanting to slow people buying lots and lots of properties, they are still wanting to encourage more housing stock in New Zealand. And so they do that by having sweeteners for new builds. The other thing, though, that I should mention is that there are the same exemptions under the debt-to-income ratios as there are for LVRs. So there are carve-outs for things like bridging finance, for things like if you already have a mortgage, you can take that to another bank without worrying about the debt-to-income ratios. And one other thing that I should mention as well is that there is the possibility to borrow outside of the debt-to-income ratios. So, for example, if you think about their LVRs at the moment, 10% of a bank's lending can be to owner-occupiers with less than a 20% deposit. The Reserve Bank expects to mirror this, so they might say, hey, look, we're going to let 10% of lending to owner-occupiers be above a seven-times debt-to-income ratio. And that means that the banks have some options to continue lending to for example, first home buyers or some investors if you are borrowing at those higher levels. Now, we just don't know exactly what that percentage is going to be yet, but there is going to be some options there for some people, but it won't affect everybody. I do want to say, though, is you might think, oh, God, it's all bad news, bad news, bad news. Ed, are there any silver linings in here? And I think the answer is yes. So the Reserve Bank is saying it is highly likely, and in fact, if I go to Point 22 on page 9 of my document here of the regulatory impact statement, they are specifically saying that it is likely that they could loosen the LVR settings if DTIs come in place. And so what they're saying is, well, we've got this regulation at the moment around the amount of deposit you need. Well, if we're bringing in this other regulation that is limiting your ability to borrow by income, maybe we can let investors purchase properties at lower deposit levels because we're constraining them when it comes to income. So one silver lining is, let's say that you've got a decent income but really tight equity. This regulation might actually help you and you may find that you're actually able to borrow more depending on your specific situation. I know that there is another small silver lining as well for property investors. Yeah, a small one. Now, at the moment, investors are affected differently to owner-occupiers by the LVR restrictions. So with an investor, you need twice the deposit as an owner-occupier. Under this new system, the DTIs, investors and owner-occupiers will be on a level playing field. So that's kind of a slight silver lining. Oh, you don't sound too Oh, too it's not that convinced. great. <laughs> well, I think it's better than the alternative. 
Now, you might be wondering, is this it? Is this the nail in the coffin for rising house prices? And I do think that this has got the potential to slow things down a wee bit, but you've still got to remember you've still got credit growth of about 4%. So incomes tend to go up by about 4% a year. And what a debt-to-income ratio is going to do is if you assume that everybody in New Zealand has maxed out their ability to borrow, then the amount of credit, the amount of money that banks are going to lend is only going to increase by about 4% a year depending on the year. And so that certainly could slow things down to 4 or 5% a year. But one thing that I do think you've got to remember is that not everybody in New Zealand has maxed out their ability to borrow. If you look at all New Zealanders, the debt-to-income ratio, last time I checked, was about 1.8 on wow. average. <laughs> so the limit might be 6 or 7, but we're currently sitting at about 1.8. And the reason is you've got a lot of New Zealanders who don't have a lot of debt, who may have already paid off their mortgages on their own home. And so there still is capacity for people to borrow more. The other thing that I think this will create a bit of an opportunity in is those lower priced areas. So if we think about what happened when the loan to value ratios were first introduced, everybody buggered off out of Auckland and started investing in the regions. Now, one of those reasons was that there was a higher deposit requirement in Auckland. If you wanted to buy a house in Auckland, an investment property, then you did require a larger deposit. But what did we see happen? Well, investors just thought, well, why would I buy in Auckland? I'm going to go buy somewhere else, whether it be Taranaki or Tauranga or down in Canterbury. So I think we might see some of these effects as well, where people who are on good incomes in Auckland can't afford to buy another investment property there, but may start to purchase elsewhere. And remember, we are still going to see capital coming in overseas. So I don't think that it is the end of all house price increases yet. And I still think that property investment can be a good investment or an attractive investment for some New Zealanders. But one last question for you, Andrew. I had a podcast listener message in on Instagram, I think it was. And they said, well, should I start investing now before debt-to-income ratios come in if that's going to stop me from borrowing? Look, I think at the end of the day, if you're using the bank's money to invest, you do so whenever the bank will give you money. So I think that people often say, oh, you know, I'm going to wait for the bottom of the market and then the bottom of the market comes and they can't get money from the bank and then you feel really stupid that you should have invested six months ago when you had the opportunity. So I'm always of the opinion, if the bank's going to give you the money, go out and invest it. And I do think that especially people who want to invest in existing properties and are on relatively limited incomes, if you can get the money now, I'd have a serious think about getting out there and getting the money while you can, because in one year's time or two years time, you might look at new regulation, the Reserve Bank decides, sweet, we're going to trigger it, and they could trigger it within a month. That might stop you from being able to invest. And you might look back and think, actually, I should have taken action. And then there might be a mad panic for people trying to sign up for things while they've got the ability to, pushing the prices up. Right, let's wrap it up there. But please don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast. Really does help us get the message out to more people. And one thing I want to say is we've just released our brand new website. And this is where you can find every single podcast we've ever recorded. And you can search through them way better than you have been able to in the past. Head over to opuspartners.co.nz to check that out, as well as check out some of the articles that we've written. We've got over 300 on our website. Thanks for listening to the Property Academy podcast by Opus Partners. I'm your host, Steve Knight. I'm Andrew Nichol. We're going to be back again tomorrow with even more daily strategies, tactics and insights to help you get the most. Do some property.
Until next time.